God is faithful in me. If you'll uh, turn to Exodus chapter 13, and if you're new here tonight and don't know, we have uh, notes in the bulletin, and on those notes tonight, the first sentence is a fill-in-the-blank. So you might want to get those notes out so you can fill in the blank and then write down whatever the Lord speaks to you. And what we're talking about tonight, the title of the message is First Things First. This is the first... Um, service of 2001. So we want to learn to put first things first in the first service of 2001. Exodus chapter 13. Let me just uh, fill in the blank here. Has everyone got your notes there? Anyone want to take a guess before we fill this in and see the sentence up there? I don't know if you see it or not, but here you go. Okay. How many verses in the Bible are there on prayer? Anyone want to guess? A lot. Fill in. That's the answer. If you'll put there a lot of verses. Okay. There are 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. Less than 500 on faith. 500 on prayer. Less than 500 on faith. And over 2,000 on money and possessions. Now, no one here would mind if I preached on prayer or faith, would you? Well, you shouldn't mind if I preach on money then, right? Since there's four times as many scripture. Jesus talked about money in 16 out of 38 parables. Almost half of the parables he talked about money. So I'm in good company. If I talk about money and preach on money, I'm in good company. Right? Right? Y'all are too quiet. I want you to get louder. All right. Exodus 13. Everybody there? Exodus 13, verse 2. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is Mine. You notice this? The firstborn is mine. That phrase is in the Bible 16 times. 16 times God says the firstborn is mine, belongs to me. Now look at verse 12. That you shall set apart to the Lord all that opened the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord, shall be or belong to the Lord. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. Now, number one, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This is a principle in the Word of God. I want you to understand this. Every time that you're, one of your animals... Uh, delivered a firstborn, you had to either sacrifice that animal or redeem that animal by sacrificing a lamb. If the animal was clean, you had to sacrifice it. If the animal was unclean, you had to redeem it by sacrificing a lamb. The lamb had to be without spot or blemish. See, we think that's Ephesians 5 came up with that, talking about the bride. 
That phrase is in the Old Testament when it talks about the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. That the lamb is without spot or blemish. You couldn't offer a crippled lamb. When your donkey had a, 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 a foal, I guess you would say, a little donkey, when your donkey had a little donkey, you, you had to redeem that donkey or kill it, break its neck. And the only way you could do it was go and get a first a lamb without spot or wrinkle, not a cripple, not a mane, but a good lamb that would produce wool, that would produce income for you, and offer it. Now, I want you to think about this principle. This is an incredible principle in the Word of God. The lamb, the firstborn lamb, had to be sacrificed. Think about that takes faith. See, you don't know whether that sheep is going to produce any more lambs or not. You couldn't wait until that sheep had ten and then offer one of them. See, we would think, well, that's a tithe. That's ten percent. But God says, no, you have to give the first one, the firstborn. And you have to give it in faith. And then when you do that, this is what else about the law of the firstborn. You redeem the rest. The rest of the lambs from then on that are born from that sheep are redeemed or blessed. But you had to do the first one in faith. Now, if you have an unclean animal, you had to sacrifice a clean or a lamb, a clean lamb for the unclean animal. Do you realize what this represents? Think about this. Jesus is referred to by John after 400 years of prophetic silence. 400 years of God not speaking other than the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of Christ. 30 years later, John, er, uh, John utters one of the greatest prophetic declarations when Jesus comes down to be baptized. He utters these words, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away or, you ready for this, redeems the world. He sealed Jesus' fate with those words. Listen, in the Bible, the clean had to be sacrificed for the unclean. You understand what this represents? We are unclean. Every person born in the world since Adam was born unclean. And there was no way to redeem the unclean except that a lamb, a clean, spotless, without blemish lamb, be born and sacrificed. So the clean lamb was sacrificed for you and I, the unclean. This is the principle of the firstborn. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls Jesus the firstborn among many brethren. He is God's firstborn son. No one took his life. It was offered. It was offered as a sacrifice for, for me and for you. The lamb is clean. We're unclean. But Jesus was sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. God gave his firstborn son. Now, let me give you an analogy here. Please don't ever forget this. Jesus is God's tithe. God gave Jesus first. Before we repented, before we changed, be, be, while we were yet sinners, the Bible says, in faith, God gave Jesus first. God didn't say, let me wait and see if you'll repent. 
Let me wait and see if you'll turn. Let me see if you'll somehow change your ways. No, before, as a matter of fact, when Jesus was dying, we were mocking Him and spitting in His face. And God tithed in faith. God gave His firstborn in faith so that the rest could be redeemed. The firstborn is the redemptive. The first portion is the redemptive portion. And when the first portion is given, the rest are redeemed. And that's what God did. See, I, I want to tell you some things. The, the message that Ken was referring to, I, I called it life, not law, because giving to me is life, not law. You cannot imagine how much life it is to me. The reason that I'm going to preach on giving you is because I've counseled some of you. That's one of the reasons right there. I've sat in counseling session after counseling session, not just with you, but for 20 years with people. And their finances are messed up. They can't make payments. They can't do... And there's a principle in the Word of God that changes everything. It's like I found a cure for cancer, and I've got all these friends that have cancer, but here's the thing that baffles me. They won't listen. It blows me away. This is a principle in the Word of God. And it goes much farther than tithing. It goes all the way back to the firstborn. That you have to give the first. God requires the first. And God gave that tithe. See, we're talking about putting first things first. In the tenth plague of Egypt, and by the way, we're going to talk next week about the number ten. Why is tithe ten? And this is amazing to me because we're going to go through all the, a lot of tens in the Bible. But the tenth plague was the taking of the firstborn. And it wasn't just people. All the animals firstborn was taken as well. Do you know why? We just read it. Exodus 13, 2. God said the firstborn are mine. Do you know why God could legally take the firstborn? Because they belong to him. They're his. They belong to And let me tell you something. I can remember, I, until I began preparing this message, I didn't remember this. When Josh was born, my firstborn son, I was in a, a, a meeting when he was about three weeks old, and I heard this story. I, heard, I was at um, Adrian Rogers Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and I heard Adrian tell about how one of his children had been hit by a car and how God broke him used that. God didn't take the child, obviously, but God used that in a breaking in his life. And I began to have this tremendous fear that God was going to take my son because I knew I had pride in my life. And I thought, well, this is the way you're going to humble me, God. And so I was at the altar one night praying, and the Lord said to me, give me your son. And I, I, I'll never forget, it was traumatic. I thought, God, I thought I'd get a phone call that night from Debbie saying he's dead. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled. And finally, I remember a breaking in my life saying, Okay, God, if you want my son, you can have my son. I give you my son. And God said to me, I don't have to take him now. See, any firstborn... Now, listen, I'm not talking about just children now. Okay, I'm talking about a principle. Any firstborn given is never taken. But any firstborn withheld will be taken. Now, I, I, now, please don't, I'm not talking about children dying now. I'm talking about the principle of first. But you know, uh, this is amazing to me, and I love all of my children the same, but God never asked me for James or Elaine. 
And I look now as I prepared this message and I thought, that's it. That's it right there. Because once the first is given, the rest are redeemed. See? That was the principle that God was trying to show me. The first belongs to God. Now, Acts says that they gave themselves first to God. Do you realize that the church, until the book of Acts, met on the Sabbath? And the Sabbath was what day of the week? The seventh day, or the last day of the week. But the church in Acts stopped meeting on the Sabbath, and they started meeting on the first day of the week, which was the day that Jesus resurrected, right? But what they did was they gave their first to God. See, when we're talking about giving our first to God, I'm not just talking about just our finances. What about the first of our time in the morning? What about acknowledging God first in the morning? What about the first of our week? See, some people's week begins on Monday, you know? I just can't wait till Monday because on Monday I'm going to turn some deals. I'm going to make some money. Monday is when my week begins. Other people, their week begins on Friday, you know? Can't wait till Friday. Can't wait till the weekend because I'm going to party hardy. Just, I just can't wait till Friday. My week will begin on Friday. But according to Scripture, the week begins on Sunday. Now, we have a problem because we meet on Saturday nights. <laughs> but in, in the Hebrew <laughs> calendar, the, sa- the Sabbath starts Friday night at 6 p.m. and ends Saturday at 6 p.m. So the first day of the week actually starts Saturday night at 6 p.m. So we slide in there just barely. But the point is, the first of the week, we give our first to God. Are you following me? We give our first, the first, what we say by coming to church is, God, before I turn a deal, before I do anything else, I'm giving my first to you. This is a principle in the Scripture. So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Number two, the first fruits must be offered. Look at these scriptures, Exodus 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first of your first fruits. Well, that's something how that's worded. And then look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. This is the principle all through the Word of God. Why did God say that the silver and the gold from the city Jericho, do you remember when they entered the promised land? He said, don't take any of the silver or gold, bring all of the silver and gold from Jericho into the Lord's house, into the temple. Why did God say that? Because Jericho was first fruits. It was the first city in the promised land. But think about it again. It takes faith to give the first. See, they, they, they didn't know that, hey, might, we might lose the second battle, might lose the third, win this new land. We might need this money to, to be able to make ends meet. This is the way our mind thinks. I don't want to give the first part of my paycheck or the first part of the bonus because something may happen and I may need it. But God doesn't take the second. He takes the first. And so God said, he didn't say, hey, listen, after you conquer four or five cities and you see you're going to be okay, then figure out how much loot you got and give me 10%. God said, give me the first city. And Achan, remember, took some. You remember that? And it was called, before Achan took it, it was called devoted. And after Achan took it, it was called cursed. 
See, the first portion is devoted to God. But if you touch it, it's not a blessing to you anymore. It's a curse. If it's if you, you know why it's cursed? Because it's stolen. It doesn't belong to you. The firstborn, the first fruits, and I'll show you a scripture in a moment that says the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's God's. I was uh, sharing in the new members class this last Thursday night, and we had a great new members class. We'll be doing this the first Thursday of every month. If some of you didn't get to come this last week, out of town, family, whatever, and two families asked me, said to me, well, we don't need to come because we're already members. Well, really, we we didn't have any members, you know. (laughs) I know you're coming faithfully, but we want every person to go through the new members class. But I was talking about tithing, and it's not biblical to withhold your tithe when you're mad at the church. And I gave this illustration. I want to share it for those of you who weren't here. Um, I heard, um, what's his name? Maxwell, John Maxwell. I was, uh, Jeff and I attended the pastor's conference, and he was talking about this guy came up to him when he was pastoring this church and said to him, Pastor, this is my tithe check, but I'm not going to give it until some things change around here. And John said, well, you don't need to tell me. He said, well, why don't I need to tell you? You're the pastor. He said, because the, the tithe's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And they happen to be by the altar. So he said, come on, kneel down with me. He said, kneel down right here and repeat after me. Dear God, I'm going to rob you. <laughs> the guy jumped up and said, no, wait, wait a minute. Let's talk about this thing. See, the tithe belongs to the Lord. The first fruits belong to God. The reason God said, give me Jericho, was because the first belonged to God. God's portion is devoted or consecrated unless we touch it. And then it's cursed. Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. We'll have these uh, so you don't have to turn to it. Why was Cain's Abel, Cain's offering not accepted and Abel's accepted? It's very simple. The Bible tells us very simply. Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Abel brought the firstborn. Cain just brought an offering. He basically checked everything out, made sure he had enough. And after he had enough, then he gave God something that was left over. Here it is, Genesis 4. See, people say, well, you know, tithing was under the law. No, tithing is way before the law. And the principle of giving the firstborn and giving your first to God was back with Cain and Abel. Abel gave his first. Cain didn't. God accepted Abel. He didn't accept Cain's. Here's the third thing. The tithe must be first. Now, we've been talking about the principle of giving the firstborn, that the firstborn belongs to God and the firstfruits belong to God. The tithe also belongs to God. But listen to me. This is something maybe you've never realized. The tithe must be first. It belongs to God, though. Let's establish that first. Leviticus 27, verse 30. All the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. The tithe is the Lord's. belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Now, if I... Um, had 10 $100 bills, all right? And I up here and I'm holding up 10 $100 bills, 
I want to ask you two questions about those. The first one's easy. The second one, you might have already picked up on it, but I got 10 $100 bills, right? And this is, let's say, what you made last week. Now, out of that, you got to uh, set aside for the house payment, you got to pay the card payment, you got to pay the light bill, and you got to do that. But I got 10 $100 bills, all right? Everybody see them? Right there, okay. How much is the tithe? $100, right? 10%. Now, I got 10 of them here, okay? Here's the second question. Which one is the tithe? The first one. And you just say, well, how do you know which one's the first one? I mean, you only up 10. It's real simple. The first one given. The first one taken out. The first one spent is the first one. Now listen to me. I've been doing this for years, but it's life, not law to me. I didn't even know Kim was going to refer to that, that message, uh, but that's, I'm glad he did. It's life, not law. For years, the first check I write when I get paid is the tithe check. Somebody asked me about that one time and said, you know, is, is it the first check you write? I said, yeah, it is. They said, why do you do that? I said, I don't know. I just have felt like for years that before I pay someone else, before I go buy groceries, before I do something, the first one needs to go to God. And I'm telling you, please understand, I'm so blessed. It is so wonderful to be blessed. Anytime you have a need, God's there. I've been living this life for 20 years. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I want to, you know, I want to... Uh, do an infomercial on this or something and get people to do this. Because God is always taking care of me. He's always blessed me. See, let's, let's say you get paid on Thursday. And you sit down Thursday night and you pay the bills. And Friday you go and you get groceries. And then Saturday night, before you come to church, you write the tithe check out. And before the service even starts, you put it in the box. I have a question for you. Is it possible... To be giving 10% and not tithing. You know why? Because the tithe is first. See, you set your priorities. Basically, what we do is we say to God, listen, God, you don't understand. I've got to pay this, I've got to pay this, and I've got to pay this, and I'm, I'm sure I'll have enough left over. Sometimes I don't, but if I have enough left over, I will give you your portion. No. His portion is not 10%. That's just the amount. His portion is the first. That's His portion. See, the first portion is the redemptive portion. you got to remember that. The first portion is the portion that has the ability to bless the rest. The first portion is the portion that has the ability to redeem the rest. Would you rather live with 100% of your income and all of it cursed or 90% of your income, and all of it redeemed and blessed. So, you, listen, the first portion is the redemptive portion. You don't want to give the redemptive portion to the light company. They don't have the ability to redeem the rest. Only God has that ability. Are, are you all following me? See, it's not just, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not something legalistic. Please hear me. It's a matter of the heart. It's saying, before I pay all this other stuff, I want you to know who's first in my life, God. You're first. I'm going to give to you like you gave Jesus to me first. See, we, uh, we fear the IRS. 
and GMAC and the power company and the phone company more than we fear God. And what's another word for fear? When we talk about the fear of the Lord, what's another word for that? Respect, okay. We respect the IRS and GMAC and the light company, the power company and the, and the uh, phone company more than we respect God. What's another one? How about honor? We honor the IRS and GMAC more. Are, are you all following me? It's first Tithing says, I've got this stack of bills here, God, but before I do anything, I'm giving you the first. In faith. You've got to remember, if you have a lamb, you have a sheep, and that sheep has a lamb, and that's a nice-looking, good-looking, you can get income out of that lamb, firstborn. It takes faith to kill the firstborn. It takes faith to give the first one. See, God asked Abraham for Isaac. You realize what Isaac was. He really was the firstborn in the, in, the, in the marriage with Sarah. He was the first one. Someone answer your cell phone. Uh, my wife's checking it. Not yours. That's okay. We live in a technological age, don't we? I was listening to a tape this last week, and um, so it was my wife's. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a tape this last week. Guy speaking about 2,000 people, and he said, he said, and God did this, and God did this, and somebody answer that phone, you know. So, yeah. hmm. God asked Abraham for Isaac when he didn't have any more children, any more sons, as far as the one that promised was. Listen, God didn't say, Abraham, have four or five more, and then pick out one and offer him to me. He said, Abraham, in faith, give me the one that the promise is on, the first one, because the first one has the ability to redeem the rest. Are, are y'all following me on this? It's the first. It's the first. Many people say that God is first in their life, but tithing is where the rubber meets the road. As a matter of fact, if you let me see your check register, I'll tell you who's first in your life. Wouldn't it be something rather than epitaphs if we just printed people's check register on their tombstone? That would tell us about their life, wouldn't it? See, tithing represents who's first in our life because in the Old Testament, it was sheep. You had to give your firstborn sheep. You had to give your firstborn animal. None of you raise sheep, do you know, for a living, right? So it's your money. It's your income. Let me give you some t statistics from the group putting together the year 2000 World Encyclopedia. All right? In 1998, the body of Christ in the whole world earned $15.2 trillion. Christians, those who say they belong to an evangelical church, earned $15.2 trillion. The total amount given was $270 billion. U.S. dollars to all churches for all causes, special offerings, missions offerings, building funds, everything. If you do the math, the percentage is 1.8%. 1.8%. Now, when I got those figures, I thought, you know, though that's taken in the whole world. And listen, this is the way I thought, like a proud American. I thought, you know, they're dragging us down. 
the, our statistics down, these third world poor countries, you know. Would you like to know what the statistics are for the United States? The body of Christ in the United States earned 5.2 trillion U.S. dollars. One third of the total income earned in the body of Christ was in America. 5.2, the other was 15. The total amount given in the United States for all offerings was 92 billion. You do the math, it's 1.7%. We're lower than the third world countries. We make more money, we're more affluent, and we give less. This is this is for all offerings. You you got to hear me again. I'm not preaching about money. Let me tell you that I'm not preaching about money because we need money. We don't need money as a church. I mean, I, obviously we have needs, but I'm telling you, I don't know of any church that's eight months old that's had the income we've had. It's it's incredible. God's blessed us. We we don't need it. We're, we're, that's not. I'm not preaching because we're in the hole. You know, you say, well, he's preaching because tithe was a little short last week. No, it was fine. We're okay. We're fine. We're fine. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for your good. I'm doing it because I know that I know that I know that some of you who have problems and struggle and struggle and struggle, you have it because, listen to me, you're under a curse and Satan is having a field day with you. I'm talking about when you get any income, you give the first to God. You say, God, this is the first. Before anything else, I give the first to you. Satan told me not to preach on this, especially for four weeks. But I'm telling you something. Satan is not going to determine what I preach. God's going to determine it. And this is important. This is extremely important to people, that God's people understand this. 1 Corinthians 16. Here's a New Testament scripture for you. Now concerning the collection for the saints, Paul writes to the church. New Testament now. As I have given orders, Paul was kind of a strong preacher, as I have given orders to the churches, not suggestions, to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also on the when? First day of the week. Let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Now keep just keep that up there for a minute so you can see this. Let each one of you, all right, how many of you are in each one? So this means everybody should do this. Is that right? And when should you do it? The first, the first day of the week, every week. All right, now this is what it says. Lay up something or give something as he may prosper. And here I'm going to tell you what another version says. In direct proportion to the amount you earn. See, this has to be talking about percentage giving. Because some may prosper a thousand, some may prosper eight hundred, some may prosper ten thousand. So he says, in direct proportion to what you've earned, you put something aside, which we know all through the scripture that it's a tithe. We know it all through scripture; it's ten percent. And he, this is and this is an amazing thing. He says, so that when I come, there'll be no collections. You know what he means? No special offerings. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying if everyone would tithe. We wouldn't have to take a special offering. We wouldn't have to have uh, the youth doing car washes when they want to go on a trip. If everyone would tithe. We wouldn't have to have the kids out in the uh, foyer selling candy to fat people. 
if everybody would tithe. This is how God decides to do it. I'm, I'm telling you, my goal, one of my goals for Gateway Church, I can tell you the first one is, this is the first, first goal God gave me. One, uh, let me say it differently, zero percent divorce rate. I'm praying no marriage in here is dissolved. Second thing I'm praying is 100% tithers. Because it's for your fun. But I would love to be the place. I'm telling you, I've been a part of church for 20 years, and you always have to have a special offering. We need this, and we need that. And I believe in giving offerings. But not out of compulsion when the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart and you give extra. But if everyone tithes, all the needs would be met. But here's the other thing. There would be a corporate blessing on the church. I don't know of any church that's walking in it. Can you imagine? God said, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. And this is what he said. The whole nation is cursed. All of you are cursed because you hadn't brought the whole tithe in. You're under a corporate curse. That's what he said in Malachi 2. Can you imagine a body being under a corporate blessing of God? But it's every person coming on the first day of the week as he's prospered, giving his tithe. It's entirely possible that you've been giving 10% but not tithing. The bottom line is, is God first. That's the bottom line, is God first. Now, in Exodus 13, I don't know if you stayed there. I'm going to show you one scripture and then we're finished. Exodus 13, it'll be on the screen if you didn't. Verse 14. We read verses 12 and 13. Verse 14 says, So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? In other words, why are we sacrificing this poor little lamb? Then you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of Pharaoh. And he goes on to tell us. Listen, this is, let me wrap that up, sum that up for you. When you're taking this little lamb that your children think is a pet, and they love this little lamb, and you're taking this lamb out, to kill it, and your children say to you, maybe with tears in their eyes, Daddy, why are we doing this? What he's saying is, you take your son, you set him on your lap, and you say, Son, let me tell you what it was like being a slave in Egypt. Look, son, at the scars on Daddy's back. This is what slaves get. This is where I was hit with the whip. And I was a slave, and I had no way to get free. And God, with a mighty hand, delivered us out of Egypt. And this lamb represents a sacred covenant that I have chosen that because God delivered me, I'm going to put God first in my life. That's what this represents, son. He says, when your children ask you, why are we doing this? You teach them what I've done for you. Now, I've had the privilege with all three of my children of doing that right there. I've had all three of them at some time or another see me writing that tie check and look at it and say, what are you doing? And I've said to them, Daddy wasn't always a Christian. And let me show you the scars. I have scars on my knuckles from before I met the Lord. Let me show you scars. And let me tell you what it was like living in the world. 
And let me tell you why I do this. Because this represents a sacred covenant. I had no way of escape. And God, with a mighty hand, delivered me. So I gladly, gladly give God the first. And I taught all three of my children. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes.